before they at least get to me, they've, they've done a research and they've talked to friends and sometimes it's having them take a step back because they almost know too much and they want to work on too many things at once. Dizruns Radio episode 1090 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you in part by uh, the folks over at YNAB, which stands for You Need a Budget. Clever, clever name there, YNAB, You Need a Budget. You see what they did there? Of course you do. But this is the service or software. I guess it's more of a software than a service. This is a software that Rebecca and I have been using for a few years now. And, uh, you know, as I've said before, it's not it's not some type of get-rich scheme. It's not some type of snake oil it's not uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, but what having YNAB for us has done is made us more aware of where we're spending our money, what, what we're, what we're, what our priorities are, quite frankly, and uh, not for nothing, but by identifying maybe some things that we're spending money on that aren't as important, uh, you know, we've been able to put some money towards some things that are more important, you know, maybe a few extra races or moving to Georgia or, you know, whatever, just various bits and bobs and things like that, that we have done. So if, uh, you know, if, if you're thinking about maybe wishing you had a few more bucks for a race or a new pair of running shoes, or maybe to hire your boy as, as your running coach, um, not saying that YNAB is going to automatically make money magically appear into your checking account. But it might just help you kind of keep track of where the, the nickels and dimes go. And, uh, you know, you, you put a few of those together, bada boom, bada bam, race entry, new shoes, or maybe even a little extra diz in your life. I don't know. Whatever works for you works for me. But if you're, in all seriousness, running or otherwise, hiring me or otherwise, um, YNAB works for a lot of folks. And so if that's something that you're, you know, maybe maybe would like to have a better grasp on your finances uh, YNAB might be worth a shot and you can try it out for free for 34 days by using the code disruns.com slash YNAB. That's letters Y-N-A-B, disruns.com slash YNAB. If you use that link and decide you like it, sign up for a subscription, you get an extra month. So you get 13 months for the price of 12. They throw me an extra free month as well. Um, so there we go. Saving money already. Of course, if you decide you don't like it after 34 days, you cancel and, and quite frankly, you don't even have to cancel. You just let it expire because you don't have to put a credit card in or anything like that beforehand. Um, all totally risk-free. Try it out. See if you don't like it. Um, and my hunch is maybe not in the first month, but before long, you'll you'll realize, you'll start to see in that first month that this might work before a few months. You'll probably have figured out a way to save the cost of the annual subscription anyway, which is like, I think it's $85, something like that, $90. Um, and in our in our situation, for whatever it's worth, Worth every penny. Worth every penny. So check it out if you're so inclined. Get yourself an extra free month on top of the original free month. Dizruns.com slash YNAB. And now without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. 
Hey, y'all. My uh, guest today is a fellow running coach and is uh, the, the founder of a program and a community and an app that is really focused on helping new runners get started in our sport, hopefully fall in love with it, and then, you know, keep doing it for the rest of, of their lives, or at least for, for the foreseeable future, just like probably all of us. Uh, I'm looking forward to learning more about what he's put together, and y'all know that I always love talking shop with other running coaches, so uh, I'm looking forward to it, and I'm ready to get the party started by officially welcoming Mr. Mark Kennedy to the show. So thanks for joining us today, Mark. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Danny. Uh, really looking forward to chatting, and um, yeah, been following your work for a long time, so uh, yeah, super stoked to chat. Well, awesome. I, I appreciate that. And y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation and uh, want to check out what Mark has put together, or maybe, and or... You know, if you know somebody who's like trying to thinking about maybe dipping their toes into the running waters and they're not sure where to start, nonetorun.com is uh, is kind of the hub of everything that Mark's got going on, and that's all spelled out. So no, none of this nonsense where we put a, a number in there where a word could be like no, 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 no. None to run, N-O-N-E-T-O-R-U-N.com is the website. Uh, you can also follow on Instagram at none to run again, N-O-N-E-T-O-R-U-N. And on the Twitters, you can find Mark there. He uses his name on Twitter. So it's at Mark L. Kennedy, K-E-N-N-E-D-Y, at Mark L. Kennedy uh, on Twitter. As always, we'll have everything linked up in the show notes for today. Make it easy to, to for you to find it or, again, to point uh, a non-running friend in Mark's direction. Dizruns.com slash 1090. Dizruns.com slash 1090 today will get you back to the show notes where everything will be linked up as per usual. So, Mark, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show is with a, a pretty simple and straightforward question that usually offers three or four different angles of where to, to follow up and kind of where to continue the conversation. But uh, the way we, like I said, the way we get things started is with this question. So I'll throw it up to you and see where you take it. What is your favorite distance to race and why? Yeah, I love this question. Um, so, yeah, I know you asked this to most of your guests, and I thought about it for a while because the – my first thought was probably like most of your guests, I would suspect, was half marathon. Mm -hmm. um, but then I thought about it a lot more, and um, the marathon actually had a lot more of an impact on me as far as a running standpoint and just personal life and the, the ups and downs of the marathon. So, um, uh, yeah, I guess the train, for training, I'd probably prefer half marathon, but the actual <laughs> race itself – the marathon, um, primarily the fact that, yeah, just the ups and downs. Um, and I can share my experience with, I've, I've only run two marathons. So the first one was a disaster. So I'm happy to share more on, uh, what happened and, and what happened in the second one, if you want. Well, yeah, I mean, we all, we all love a good disaster story, don't we? Cause I, I know a lot of us, or at least I know myself, I can relate to a, a disaster. Actually for me, probably the first couple marathons were, were a dumpster fire, but, uh, yeah, what happened what happened in your first marathon? So yeah, first marathon. So I was living in London, England with my wife at the time and had been running for, geez, probably, you know, 10, 10, 15 years up until that time. But primarily, yeah, just kind of 10K was kind of my sweet spot. I had run maybe three or four half marathons. So anyways, I decided to run a marathon in Dublin, Ireland, which I thought was cool because we could travel to Ireland and also um, knock something off sort of my bucket list and train for a marathon. So I did probably what most people do, um, looked for a plan online and, and found one that looked reasonable for me and just started running. You know, I'd played a lot of sports growing up, so I kind of thought, um, you know, I'd just kind of get by based on this plan and my athletic ability. And boy, was I mistaken. Um, probably, well, the first mistake was probably like 
you know, the long run on whatever the Saturday or Sunday, I just started like going off the plan and running further than what the plan said, because I thought, yeah, I felt good. I can run further. Why don't I? And then of course, um, IT band syndrome kicked in. I started fighting off plantar fasciitis. So I found myself visiting the physio a lot and having to take probably a couple weeks off my training. And then, you know, I was two weeks behind on my training and these injuries were mostly gone. The plantar fasciitis was still kind of there. So anyways, behind on my training and just decided I'm going to do this marathon no matter what, no matter what. And, um, so we went to Ireland, did the race, felt okay up until about maybe 30 K. And that's what most people kind of say. You'd probably uh, resonate with this as well. Like the first half of the marathon is the first 30 K and the second half of the marathon is the last, you know, 12.2 K or whatever it is. And so I got the 30 K and my wife was there and she, she's like, are you okay? You look terrible. (laughs) And my face was like gray and my, my cadence had really slowed and, um, I hadn't fueled properly. Again, that was another learning lesson. Didn't, didn't know how to fuel. And so I just struggled through the last, you know, 10, 12 K walking, running, walking, running, and just kind of grinded it out, finished and was, you know, super happy to finish and, you know, couldn't walk for three days. (laughs) Um, and then of course I'm like, you know, I'm never going to run the marathon again. That was, that was horrible. Um, and then a few months goes by and go, you know, probably like a lot of people like, huh, I think I can improve my approach and my training. And so I decided, I think it was, I don't know if it was a year after or two years after to do another one. And I hired a running coach this time, um, which was really helpful to have someone accountable and also someone as you would probably understand, um, the coach is there to help you really when things start to go wrong, when you've got an injury or you're on a vacation, like, what do I do? So that was really helpful. Also learned how to fuel properly um, listened to a couple of impactful podcasts, which really helped me with the fueling and, um, the training went well anyways. So to, to bring us up to race day, um, I got to the same point, the 30 K mark and saw my wife. And at this point I had one son and, um, uh, my brother was there and his wife and, um, my wife's first comment was like, Oh my God, you look amazing. Like, and I felt so much better. I had color in my face. I was actually enjoying the race and the last 10, 12 K I, you know, was managed to, to keep my pace and felt great and shaved like something ridiculous, like 35 or 40 minutes off my time from before. And, um, yeah, it was elated the race itself. Of course there's ups and downs, you know, you go through the points where you're like, Oh, this is, is ever going to end. And my pace is slowing and, um, and so forth. But yeah, just the journey that the marathon put me through, um, would be the reason that I would say the marathon is sort of my favorite race. Um, so yeah, that's my story. And I haven't run one since cause I had another kid and life got busy, but I do want to run another one sometime in the next couple of years. Yeah. And that was, that was of course going to be the next question because after the first one, like, like you said, and I, I said the same thing, Oh, that was dumb. Never going to do that again. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Here we are. Um, but yeah, and almost going back to your answer for the, the introductory question there, training for the half, a lot, a lot, uh, more doable than training for, for the full sometimes, especially when life starts getting crazy, you start having kids and just family stuff and work stuff and, and life stuff. And it's just, it's just a lot. Um, but yeah, there's, there is, 
you know, and I'm biased because I think my favorite, and I, I, know, I know my favorite distance is the marathon as well. So it's, there is something about that, that marathon finish line. that's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just a little bit, a little bit, I don't know, to me, it's just a little bit head and shoulders above everything else. I, I agree. It's magical. Like, yeah, just, yeah. You, even you walk around, you see people, the medals and you see the people that marathon medal and they're like, Oh wow, that, that's, that's some effort. Like kudos to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you, know, you mentioned in there that you'd been running for quite a while before you, you took that step to sign up for the first marathon. Hey, am I, am I kind of piecing together that kind of running started early in your life or kind of, you know, where, where did, where did you first get bit by the running bug? Um, yeah, good question. So, yeah, like I alluded to earlier, I played a lot of sports growing up, basketball, baseball, uh, did track, um, volleyball, soccer. Yeah, I, I did it all. Um, so yeah, through my sporting, I, I did run quite a bit. Um, and then I studied exercise science in university and actually <laughs> one of the classes, um, it, it was people joke about it, but you're, you're running for your mark. And it, that class was basically that we, we, we would basically just, our lab was to go out for a run. Mm. And so I kind of got into running a bit more because at this point in university, I wasn't playing any competitive sport anymore. I was just sort of doing it for fun. And so I started running more for fun, um, there. And then, yeah, just throughout university kept running. And then when I graduated university, I had a bit more time and structure in my life. So, you know, signed up for uh, more races, mostly 10 Ks, um, some trail races. I grew up in Victoria, BC, so lots of amazing trails and uh, terrain to run there. Um, yeah, so that's where it started. And then I kind of just, yeah, I, did, I just kind of ran 10 Ks and half marathons for races. And just to keep fit was kind of just a running three to four times a week kind of person. And, um, that's where it, I was until, yeah, finally I was like, you know what? I, I want something more. Let's, let's try this marathon thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, with, with the second marathon, you know, like you said, you, you, you worked with a coach, got a little bit more guidance, a little bit more help with, with putting things together. Um, was that something that you identified early that could help you or kind of what, what, you know, cause, um, I feel like sometimes there's folks that are just like, yeah, you know, I kind of learned some things from the first time. So I'll just, I'll figure it out with a little bit better the second time, but you went right to right to getting somebody to help you. Was that, was that driven by being an athlete growing up and having coaching and, and, and that type of thing or kind of what, what spurred you in that direction? A bit of that. Also I had been at this point, I had had like a blog and podcast where I interviewed various people and, um, health and fitness and coaches and physios and so forth. So I kind of had grown to, to know some of these people, or at least know them who they were online. Um, and who, who coached me, he's probably been a guest on your podcast. I suspect Jason Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I followed him for a while and then I was actually in Washington DC. This is like, geez, like nine, 10 years ago now and I haven't seen him since, but we met for beers and kind of got to know him a bit. Um, so that was kind of the impetus and I knew, yeah, I knew it just the accountability and, and structure would help me. Um, and then, um, yeah, also alluded to the fact that fueling was, I really went down this fueling, um, rabbit hole and I actually created an app for fueling for runners, um, which, um, is, isn't there anymore, but I learned a lot and I, um, 
I interviewed someone on my own podcast named Trent Stellingworth. He's actually um, a coach for Canada's track and field team. And he works a lot with uh, the race walkers who do like 50K and marathoners and so forth. So um, I learned a ton from him and kind of implemented some of his simple rules for fueling. And it was a game changer. Um, yeah, because I felt I had so much more energy and sustained energy throughout the race without like the ups and downs and the, the bonking and, and so forth. Yeah, fueling is getting that piece somewhat dialed in makes makes such a huge difference. And and I feel like just like almost everything, you know, it's 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 not a one size fits all. Like you kind of got to figure out the the right thing for you. But you know, what are, what are some of those those principles that that a worked for you and b maybe were even part of of your app that you that you kind of had had put out there for a while. Yeah, so I learned this from from Trent, and he has this like simple rule: is the rule of 15. So it's basically 15 grams of carbohydrate for every, every 15 minutes you're running, um, and it doesn't have to be 15 every 15 minutes. Right. Like you know, it could be 30, you know, every 30 minutes or whatever. Um, and I I think I read something in an article where somewhere I don't know where the amount of carbohydrates that um, the top marathoners in the world were consuming, and and I was you know. Not that I'm running anywhere near their pace, <laughs> right. like, you know, it's a whole nother stratosphere, but I was, I was consuming like nowhere near what they were. So I was like, wow, I'm like, I was so underfueled in my first marathon. Um, so there's this law of 15, so you can kind of work it out based on sort of what, you know, the typical gels or right. what kind of carbs that you like to consume. So, you know, I had, I had this spreadsheet I created for what I was consuming at each station. Um, and I had, you know, the, the map of the course and where all the stations were. And I knew exactly which ones I was sipping Gatorade and which ones I was taking on fuel, which ones I was having water. And, um, that, yeah, so I had this real dialed in strategy. Um, and it, it works, it works really well. Um, so that, that, that rule of 15 was the thing that kind of, um, I went went down that rabbit hole, and it, it's sort of the basis of my fueling now. I, I'm really into road biking now, and I sort of still use that for my road biking as well. Yeah, and and again, you know, finding finding what works for you and and what sits on the stomach. Do, do you ever um, sit, like feel like, or maybe had experienced, um, you know, being maybe on the higher end of that scale and having too much and and some of the GI issues, or were you able to kind of avoid that by sticking with that relatively simple formula? I was okay, but with that said, I mean, you know, the advice I would give people is too, you, you actually need to practice your fueling. Um, you know, some people think, oh, that's ridiculous, but you actually do. You need to train your gut and you need to be able to train your gut um, when you're having those sustained sort of long runs. So on some of my long runs, I actually made sure I looped by my house um, a few times and either, you know, had my son or my wife would come out and they'd have, you know, whatever Gatorade or fuel there, unless I was carrying it, of course, but, um, you, you need to practice it and to make sure, uh, like what you said, cause if your gut's not used to either the type of fuel or the amount of fueling you're putting in your body, you're going to run into some issues. Yeah. Some, some messy issues more than likely, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that, that are pr- preferable to avoid if at all possible. Yes. Um, when did you uh, decide to get into coaching, Mark? I know that's that's something that is kind of a big part of the foundation of what you're doing. Has that been a long time as well or relatively new? Where did that get started? Yeah, so like I said, I, I had a podcast and um, a blog for a long time where I, I first started off just writing about health and fitness stuff in general. And I found myself more and more 
touching the topic of running. So I sort of decided to focus on running. And then um, as time went on, I decided that I wanted to focus more on beginners because there's a lot out there for sort of the more seasoned runners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's runner's world and there's tons of resources out there for people who actually been running for a while. So I want to like, let's focus on runners because I really enjoy the sport psychology aspect of getting beginners running because it's not just about running. It's about creating habits and getting small wins. So I really enjoyed that. So yeah, I built up a bit of an audience just with my blog and podcast and like I said, I had I studied kinesiology and exercise science in university, so I had a background in all this. Um, but I really wanted to legitimize myself. I feel like, well, who am I? I, I should do my running coaching certification um, because a I want to and I, I want to learn more. I always want to learn from other people. But b I thought these are nice credentials and I should have them just to, to be able to show show people and point to people to have the those credentials. So. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of the impetus of how I got into the, my coaching and, um, yeah, up until six, seven months ago, I, I worked in the finance industry and now I'm doing sort of the coaching and stuff with on the run full time. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's nice when that, you know, kind of starts to come together and, and grows to a point where you can, you can make that the gig spoken, spoken with a little bit of experience. Cause that was, you know, it was, it was side business and then it was kind of part time and then it's, it's full time and, you know, hopefully continues to, to grow in that direction. Um, Wait, where did the, I, I know you said kind of you decided to focus more on, on, you know, newer runners, um, with the writing, with the podcast, but when did the idea of putting it all into an app come in? I know you had the app before is, is where, where did the app development kind of piece come from? Yeah, this is a story too. So I created, um, yeah, none to run and I created a, a running plan to go with it to help beginners. And I think for most beginners, when they're searching or they ask a friend, most people hear about couch to 5k. Mm-hmm which is sort of the most popular platform and plan for beginner runners. And, you know, it's great. It's helped, you know, thousands, probably millions of runners get into the sport and that's awesome. Um, but I did a little digging and research, um, you know, in, in Reddit forums and, and other places. And I, I kind of figured, huh, there's a lot of people that are actually finding couch to 5k. It's too hard for them. It, it ramps up too fast. It's too much. Um, and they need they need to focus more on the consistency and you know uh, gaining some strength and mobility by doing you know some simple strength exercises. So that's where I sort of came up with an under run plan. So it's sort of a bit of a gentler version, um, uh, like in Couch to 5K and incorporates strength and mobility. Um, so it, initially the plan was just a PDF. It was people would come to the my website and grab the plan and go off on their own. And, um, there was a bit of a community behind it and, and that was that, but because the, um, plan and the initial runs are intervals based mm-hmm. telling you, you know, when to one, when to run, when to walk, etc. people were having to program those intervals. If they're tech savvy, you know, into their Garmin or a different app, you know, run keeper or, or whatever. And, um, I was, just started getting inundated with emails. Just like people are like, Oh, do you have an app? Where's the app? How do, how do I program the intervals? I don't want to write this stuff on my hand. And so it was kind of the, the people were the ones that sort of demanded the app. And then I uh, eventually found a developer. Fortunately, he lives in Columbus, Ohio, and he had a, an app, uh, an intervals app, which had some similar functionality to what I knew mine needed. So, 
we kind of chatted and he put the none to run plan into his app and we thought, well, let's just see if people will use this. Um, and, and they did, they liked it. So, um, eventually we decided to, or he decided that he would build a, an app specific to none to run. And, um, so I would be sort of the, the running person, community person, and he would be the, the backend sort of the tech app person. And, um, that was it. The app launched uh, March of 2020, and um, it's been going really well since then. And um, yeah, that that that's sort of some of the background. Gotcha, gotcha. I I I asked this completely naive, so you know, t- take it for what it's worth. If it doesn't go anywhere, it doesn't go anywhere. But I feel like, as you know, for somebody who does a podcast, runs an online business, like I'm not the biggest tech guy. Like I know how to make things work. I know how to to do what I do, but like. You know, once something goes a little bit sideways, you know, it's, it's like unplug it, reset it. Hopefully that works. If not, we're kind of we're kind of in trouble. Um, but I feel like putting an app together like that's got to be just layers of complexity and areas where things could break and Android versus iPhone and like all of the different things. Um, so, so for lack of a better way of a- asking the question. How much of a pain has has been putting an app and building an app? Obviously, like you've got a partner that's that's working with you as well. But like, how much of a pain has that whole process been? Um, it it could be a huge pain. It hasn't been that bad for me because I partnered with this amazing developer who kind of got what I was doing and saw the vision, and also had an app already with um, you know much of the code that he could use in ours. So. It, um, yeah, I mean, if anyone out there wants is looking to create an app, um, I mean, you can go about it a couple of ways. You can just hire someone, which can be very expensive. Um, you can hire someone overseas, which also brings about you know different issues with um, time zones and uh, language and so forth. So, um, I, I was just fortunate, I think, to to find Jeff, my developer. And, um, I mean, yeah, there are some complexities and some stuff that's probably a pain in the butt more so for him, you know, there, you're <laughs> always having to, to talk to, um, to our runners and, you know, there's always bugs and issues that come about and Apple's always updating their phones and we're only on Apple, by the way, right now we're launching an Android in a couple Sorry, months, nobody, but nobody, nobody listening uses an Android anyway. We, all, we have real phones around here. We're all <laughs> iPhone people. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> uh, but but apparently there are some people. There are apparently there's some people that haven't and, seen the light. And I hear yet. from <laughs> them. I hear from them quite a bit saying, "Why isn't Nunder Run on Android?" Anyways, um, so there's some complexities. But um, yeah, to answer your question, like if anyone ever wants to build an app, I would just find a really good developer that you're on the same page with, and that makes that'll make your life a whole lot easier, and you can focus on the things that you like to do and that you're good at, which is you know the running, coaching, or whatever it is. Right. Right. So walk us through a little bit, you know, if, if somebody, like I said in the intro, somebody's listening and they're still in the early stages of running, like maybe this would, would be helpful or, you know, if they know somebody, friend, family member, whatever that, that might be in the market for something that is very beginner focused and kind of easing them into the sport. You know, somebody visits the website, somebody downloads, downloads the app. What is, what is the process for somebody coming into none to run for the first time? Yeah. Most people find it either through Googling, like, couch to 5k alternative or couch to 5k too hard or something that way. So they're not specifically looking for none to run. Cause we're, we're not Nike or anything. We're not, we don't have a huge brand awareness, but, um, um, or they hear from it from a friend, which is, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, most people just come to the website first and they'll, you know, we've got lots of really cool and informful, um, 
blog articles. I've got, uh, I mean, I write some of them, but I've got a, a woman named um, uh, Lisa who writes some articles for me and she's been amazing. Um, so people usually just go in there and dig, dig on through some of the articles. And then I've got one post that seems to resonate a lot with people and it's, basically comparing none to run and couch to 5k and how none to run may serve, um, some people better based on, you know, their running and their past history with running or, or lack thereof. Um, and then with that, often people maybe just want to check out the PDF of the plan and that's cool too. Uh, we also have a, a podcast with all the workouts in them, so it's totally free. So you don't know, no one's forcing you to use the app. You can use the podcast for free. Um, so some people do that and some people just use the PDF and some people want to use the app just for the best experience and um, not having to worry about programming intervals and so forth. So um, and then there's a community aspect, too, which it's that's the part I really like is a bunch of people that are doing none to run get together and they're chatting online. And, um, some people have even met up with each other to do runs. Um, I did a couple of meetups. I did one this summer in London, England, which was really cool. I did one in Columbus, Ohio a couple of years ago. And, um, it's been a bit tough throughout the pandemic, but I'm hoping to do some more in then, you know, the coming years and in various cities. So, um, I love, love that. And I'm also doing, uh, weekly calls. I just, People um, in the community can sign up to do a, a call with me. And sometimes it's just to chat. Other times they have specific running questions. Um, and sometimes people, which is really cool, just want to meet me well, online virtually and thank me for the, um, the, the work and the stuff I've helped them with. So that's, that's amazing. So, yeah, it's a combination of things when they come into the world, but they don't have to use the app. But let's let's talk about the app. If if somebody is using the app, I mean, like you said, you've got the intervals in there. Um, I'm assuming that's maybe where the community is found as well. But but what else? You know, are there are there videos? Are there like what what else is is included with the app? There's a there's a beginner plan. There's a 5k plan. There's a 10k plan. There's strength and mobility workouts. Um, and a lot of it too is the functionality. Like um, a lot of the technology, my developers really tuned into what Apple's doing. So we actually have a standalone, um, Apple watch app, which is really cool. So you can, if you have an Apple watch, you can leave your phone at home and not run with your phone, which I know for some is really annoying. I don't like <laughs> running with my phone. Right. Um, so you can literally just take your watch out and it tracks everything, tells you in your earbuds, if you've got your earbuds in when to run, when to walk. Um, so that's really cool. Um, there's also some really cool metrics, which most beginners won't care about, but Apple just released with the Apple watch. They've got like, um, power and, um, uh, your stride, stride, uh, length, uh, oscillate the vertical oscillation, like how much you're bouncing up and down when you run. So there's a bunch of metrics. Some people really into those metrics, others are not, but, um, yeah, it's really starting to leverage off the, technology that our Apple already has in their phones and their watches, which we try to bring into the app and always stay on top and giving people the sort of the latest and greatest. So, um, yeah, it's a combination of things that the plans and the technology. And that right there, folks, is why you Android people need to come over to the dark side. Because, <laughs> you know, Apple is, we, we got, we got all the things anyway. Um, neither, neither here we, nor we there. have a battle in my house. My wife actually works for Google. So, oh, uh, man. our house is divided. Divided for sure. For sure. <laughs> Um, 
yeah, that's that 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 makes for some some could make for some tense dinner table discussions. I can I can only imagine. Absolutely. Um, you know, so so the the app is geared towards like you said, beginners. Obviously, none to run. Um, but as as runners progress through, do, do you have progressions for folks that kind of as they as they get more comfortable or, or you know like i guess for 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 lack of a better way to ask ask the question what do you do when somebody you know how, how do people continue to grow beyond the, the nun phase right yeah so there is a 5k plan which um some people when they go through our beginner plan some people get to 5k and which is awesome and other people are not even quite at 5k which is cool too. So anyways, most people jump into the 5k plan, which has got a slightly more focused on, um, speed development. Mm -hmm. Um, so initially I tell people, don't even worry about speed. We're not, I mean, that's why it's called none to run. It's not couch to 5k's tied to a distance. And I find when people tie a distance to their running, they automatically want to run that distance faster. Mm -hmm. So none to run is about running for time and not distance. Um, but once they kind of get through that phase, I'm like, okay, now you're ready to maybe, um, start working on your speed development and getting a bit stronger. So there is a 5k plan, a 10k plan. We're going to introduce a half marathon plan. Um, but I do realize, you know, I, I love uh, customized coaching is amazing and hopefully we'll get to a point where we could maybe do a bit more of that through the app. But I'm also super stoked if people graduate, you know, none to run and they go off and work with coaches like yourself or another running coach. Um, cause you know, having that custom, uh, experience and optimizing to, to your fitness and your lifestyle is, you know, it's probably the best thing you can do, but, um, you know, none to hopes to, to bridge that gap and get people, um, you know, most, most of the way there. Right. Right. Absolutely. I love, I love what you've, what you've got going on and, and, um, you know, hopefully it, it continues to grow. Has it, has it been, I mean, it's, I'm assuming, you know, if you're, if you're able to go kind of full time in it, it's, it's been, it's been growing nicely over the last few years. Yep. It's been growing nicely. Um, as I said, we're launching, launching an Android app. Um, and yeah, just word of mouth in the community. And, um, you know, now that I've got more time to allocate to none to run, I'm just yeah, excited to, mm -hmm work on other things to, to make the experience better for runners and, and help bring more beginners in. And I'd like to do some more stuff too in person. Like I'm, I live in Toronto, so I'd love to do like a local running club here. Um, got some ideas around that. So, um, you know, it'd be nice to see some people in person as well, but, um, yeah, now I've got more time. I can, I can focus on doing more things and always getting really cool ideas from our community members as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, certainly keep it up and, and let us know if there's anything we can do to kind of help help push push things out or spread new messages or updates or, or whatever the case might be. Although, I don't know if I'm going to do any updates about, uh, you know, Android because we don't believe in Androids. Or anything. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, shifting, shifting a little bit, uh, you know, before we run out of time, we still got we still got some time, though, but uh, yeah. shifting to, to kind of talking coaching. Like I said in the intro, I always love talking, talking shoppers, running coaches. And um, I, I especially kind of like the idea of, of foundational coaching, I guess, or, or, you know, basically what you've got going on, you're, you're working with new runners that, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, maybe haven't developed some bad habits or, or, or some things that, that quite frankly, that I, I maybe did, maybe, maybe you did as well, you know, with that, not knowing how to fuel, not doing how to do some of these types of things that you, you know, just kind of rolled with it for the first marathon and then have learned better when you start with, with new runners with a blank slate, you know, you're able to hopefully kind of get in front of some of those things early um, and, and for people listening that have been running for a while, you know, stranger things have happened than have been running for years and not know something that maybe would be 
something that even as a beginner would have been super helpful. So um, all that to say, kind of looking at some of these foundational principles that are good, whether you're a new runner, long runner, you know, been running for years, whatever the case might be. Um, I don't know if this is the right way to ask the question, but we'll try. And if we need to, to come at it from a different angle, we, we will. But what, what are maybe one, one or two or three or however many of your, of your top tips for, for any runner, but especially, you know, the, the newer, more inexperienced runner of, of best practices, the things that you kind of instill now and will serve you well, no matter how long you keep running, no matter what distances you keep going, like, like those main foundational pieces, if you will. Yeah, no, good, great question. Um, I think for the newer runner and beginners, um, sometimes they, before they at least get to me, they've, they've done a research and they've talked to friends and sometimes it's having them take a step back because they almost know too much and they want to work on too many things at once, if that makes sense. So they're, you know, they'll, they'll send me an email and they're, they want to like correct their form. Um, they want to know, you know, what time they should eat, what's the best time to run. And, and so I'm kind of like, well, let's take a step back. And, uh, the foundational pieces I would have them, um, work on uh, first and foremost is consistency. If you want to be a better runner or better at anything, you need to be consistent. So how do you get more consistent? Well, you need to build in some habits and you need some small wins. So, um, at least with none to run, like one of the things I try to do is we start super easy. Like the first run in the none run program, you're doing intervals of 30 seconds and I, I should back up. That's not super easy for some people, mm-hmm. which is totally fair. Um, but it's 30 seconds and I, I want people to feel like, wow, that I, I could have done more. And if they thought that they could have done more and that felt a bit easy, then I feel like I've done my job and they want to come back for more. So it's, and, and same with like running form. A lot of them are like, Oh, should I run the ball on my feet or heels or what should I do? And, and I get them to take a step back again and say, you know what? Often, not, not always, but your running form is going to naturally get better the more you run. So let's just get you running more first before we start taking a look at how you're planting and how your arms swing. And so let, let, let's run for three, four months first, and then maybe we can have a conversation about you know taking a look at your running form. Yeah, and, and with that, you know, I think, I think too, it's, it's, it's easy to, to focus on let's try to just instill the good form from the beginning. And I get that argument, but when you're a brand new runner, like you're not instilling anything really like, like you could, you could have a great, you know, work on form one day, but then the next day, like you you probably, you're going to, I would assume you're probably going to have a hard time finding it. And then you're focused on something that, that is kind of a moving target versus like you said, focus on consistency, focus on getting out there. Your running form does kind of tend to take care of itself or at least starts to take care of itself. Then you can optimize it a little bit. So I, I could see the, the argument or could see the perspective of like, yeah, let's, let's get that running form right, right away. But I, I love that angle of not putting the cart before the horse, so to speak. Yeah. And I mean, there's definitely a time to help, you know, with running form. I mean, you know that uh, there's you know, some cues and stuff you can work on with people, but you know, it, for most of these people starting off, they, they've got enough going on in their mind and some of them, you know, maybe don't even feel comfortable running in, out in public. So for them, that's a huge step. Right. So just going outside of the local park and running. So if you layer on like how they're supposed to swing their arms, plus plant their feet, plus they're self-conscious about how they look when they're running, well, 
that's not going to be a pleasant experience. So, um, yeah, take a step back, start small, get some early wins and make people feel comfortable. And then as you move along, um, you would probably echo this, but, um, for most runners at, at any level it's str- strength, getting stronger is huge. So, and when you're starting off, it could be just a very simple strength routine with like little to no equipment. Um, so I'm a huge advocate of strength training. Yeah, for sure. I, I, uh, definitely have, have harped on the strength training, um, you know, beat that drum many, many a time. Uh, and I always love getting a different voice to, to, a lot of times echo very similar thoughts, um, but just it's just a different voice. So hopefully maybe it, it cracks through some some people's defenses that have learned to drown me out a little bit. So um, <laughs> what, what are what are some of the reasons that, that you're such a, a proponent of strength training for for runners? Um, well, running is, I mean, basically a series of hops from leg to leg. So you, you've got to be really strong in your legs to to be stable and to, to fend off injuries when you're running, especially when you haven't run before, you haven't run in a long time. So having that strength and stability is crucial. Um, also, you know, strengthening your muscles and having a, you know, stronger core that that's going to help your form as well. Um, or if you've got a mobility issue and, you know, just, just working on these things is going to help you make, uh, make yourself a better runner. And then as you, you know, sort of ramp up the distances, that strength training is going to be huge. You know, if you're running a half marathon or a marathon, um, you know, these are you know, highly athletic events. You, you've got to be strong and resilient to, to get through them and to get through them without injury and, and feeling good. So, um, yeah, that's sort of where I stand on that. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Do you ever get uh, the pushback through the app of of folks going, yeah, but I, you know, I, I don't want to bulk up. I don't, I'm not trying to get, get uh you know, add a whole bunch of muscle mass. Do you ever get that? Or is that not something that you, you hear too much of? I don't want to hear a lot of it, but I, I know that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, people don't, don't want to get too big. And I mean, if that hasn't been the problem for me, I have been strength training and I, I can't get big. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I don't know it's, what I'm doing. It's like, I promise unless you're like, even if you're trying to get big, sometimes that can be a, a, a struggle. But if you're, if you're not trying to, to do the weight training in the specific ways with the, with the progressive loads and this is all of the, the, the stuff that quite frankly, like, I mean, I, I could do it. I could, I could prescribe it. I could, I could write that program, but I'm not interested in it. Like, let's keep it simple. If you're going to keep it simple for strength training as a runner, you're not going to, you're not going to pack on just loads of muscle mass. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, so, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about nutrition as well. Um, and, and I, I, I like the idea of, of, you know, the rule of 15s, I think that's an easy one to kind of wrap your head around and not, not overcomplicate it a little bit. Um, but what about, you know, again, talking to new runners, but, but foundational pieces as well. Um, pre-run nutrition, post-run nutrition, where, where do you come down? And again, there's lots of different angles on this and I'm, I'm probably an outlier of a lot of the conventional wisdom on this, which is fine. I'm, I'm okay being an outlier on here, but, but where do you stand on, on those types of topics, Mark? Yeah, it's funny. People in my community don't, ask much about nutrition. Um, and I don't actually provide a lot of advice on nutrition, like pre pre run, um, fueling or what, you know, eating or when they should time their, mm-hmm. um, you know, meal right after, um, they run. I've had some experts, nutritionists come on and write some articles for me and on my podcast to provide that advice. But, um, again, I, I, I get people not to get 
too caught up in the minutia and focus on the running and don't do anything drastic with their diet, especially when you're a beginner. And, and most of these beginners, they're, they're running for 25 to 30 minutes, so they don't need to even consider fueling during the run. And it's not that huge of an effort or long of an effort where they need to tweak their, you know, their whole daily routine of when they eat and how much they eat. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times their, their body will tell them if they're under fueled and tired. Um, so yeah, at least for the beginners, I don't, I don't actually provide a lot of advice on what to do. If they ask me, I'll give them some guidance, but I'll, I think a lot of them, I just say, you know what, you need to figure out what works for you. Of course, I'm you know, an advocate for eating, um, try not to eat processed foods, right. eat as natural as you can and don't eat too much sugar, but you know, that's, that's sort of not specific to runners either. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And, and I would almost go as so far as to say that most of us, unless you're really at the, the tip top peak, almost, you know, elite sub elite level, like there's something about just listening to your body and, you know, th- trying some different things, seeing what works for you, that type of thing is all well and good. But, you know, our, our bodies are, have got this whole living thing figured out halfway well. And so yeah. you just kind of lean into if you're hungry, well, maybe that's a good sign to eat something a little bit, you know, and if, if you're not hungry and the idea of eating something doesn't appeal, then you don't need, I don't, I feel you don't need to force it just because you're in that 30 minute window after a run. Like it'll be okay. Our bodies, our bodies kind of got this thing figured out, I think. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> um, another, another kind of general coaching question, but again, you know, I feel like it's foundational and, and, and maybe this is one of those pieces that, that I think some of us more seasoned runners really, and myself absolutely included, you know, maybe accept the idea of, you know, working on mobility, whether it's stretching, whether it's joint mobility, things like that. Um, you know, whether it's foam rolling, whether it's yoga, whether it's, it's whatever, there's different ways of, of getting there. Um, but we aren't always as, as good about doing it. Uh, I know you've mentioned that, you know, in terms of strength and mobility work, where, where do you, you know, what, what are some of your go-to mobility types of exercises or, or things that you like to see the beginners do that, that again, some of us more veteran runners might benefit from as well. So, yeah, I'm not like a huge, I mean, I'm so tight. My hamstrings are brutal. Um, and that's, and the research is sort of saying too, it's like the, the stretching is not really going to, uh, positively impact your running that much. Um, so what I say, at least from the stretching side of things to, to my runners is, um, if you're going to stretch, stretch after your run. And if you don't stretch, um, but you know, that's okay. But if stretching feels good and makes, makes you feel better then absolutely go for it. Um, but before you run, maybe do a, like a bit of a dynamic workout, but this from the mobility standpoint, um, you know, I just like the sort of like the, um, a lot of the hip stuff, you know, with bands, um, or, um, when you're in like the bird dog position, like doing lots of that hip mobility, hip mo- rotation, leg swings from the side, from the back. Um, and just sort of having the general flexibility to be able to get into the positions you need to be as a runner. So you don't, you don't need to be, have the flexibility of a gymnast. Um, you need to have the flexibility to be able to, you know, have a proper running gait and and not get injured. But, um, if you don't love stretching and you feel like it doesn't, um, give you that positive impact, I don't, you know, tell people don't, don't kill yourself over it. Um, there's, you know, better areas you can focus your attention on. I, I agree. And I, I'd love to get your, your take on this. And maybe this is getting a little bit more into the weeds, but you've got the exercise science background. So maybe, maybe, you know, we can, we can still have this conversation without losing everybody. 
Um, but I've been getting into some of Kelly Starrett's work lately, um, and it's a lot more focused on joint mobility than it is muscle muscle flexibility or muscle muscle length as, as much. Um, and and really, you know, you mentioned hip, and and there's a lot of focus in, in some of Kelly Starrett's work about you know working on hip flexion, hip extension, how that full range of motion um, is not only good from a health perspective, but also just like obviously from a performance standpoint. Like if, if your hip can go through a full range of motion the muscle lengthening issues kind of take care of themselves and it allows for a better stride, which allows for better you know, running performance, yada, yada, yada. Um, and, and I, I guess, I guess I don't know that I have a great question other than like, like, you know, with, with all that we do in, in general of sitting and, and, you know, driving and sitting at work and things like that. Um, is there may, I mean, I'm sure there, you know, hard to say this is the most important thing, but I feel like hip mobility has to be, for all of us, something that is a good idea to focus on and work on because there's so much in modern life that, that detracts from hip mobility that can cause us problems. Does that make any sense? To, am, I, am I communicating that question at all? Yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes, makes me think of a time um, I was at a physio office and I was having some issues with my neck. So I was at the physio and there's some other people there with like back issues and neck issues. And they're, you know, in the waiting room, everyone's sitting there hunched over their phones Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh wow. Isn't this interesting? Um, so yeah, you're spot on. Like we spend most people, not everyone, but most people, and I'm, you know, I'm sitting down right now, um, are in this hunched position, you know, their necks cranked down, looking at their phones or their computer or, you know, working on a computer all day. You're sitting, um, your posterior chain. So, you know, the muscles on your, on your rear side aren't working well, they're stretched out. So yeah, just in general day-to-day life, like stretching out your hip flexors, um, working on this, the muscles in your back mm-hmm. and, and opening up, you know, your shoulders. Um, I have a personal trainer as well that I work with and some of the stuff we're doing is just yeah, combating, um, you know, the, many years I've spent sitting at a computer as well. So I'm, I'm no different than most people probably listening to this podcast, but yeah, no, totally agree with you. Like there's just some general things, um, you know, strength, strengthening your glutes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the whole backside of your body just gets weak because you're just hunched over much of the day. Well, and, and, you know, kind of continuing on with that, like it's, it's, easy to think. And, and I sometimes fall, fall victim to this. I know I've, I've preached this a few times as well that like, you know, things are somewhat in isolation. So, you know, going back to, to your story, your, your plantar fasciitis, your IT band, like, Oh, that's a, that's a foot issue. That's a knee issue, but not always, but a lot of times it's, it's, you know, something is, is wrong. Something's tight. Something's weak. Something's off somewhere further upstream or downstream. And that's, you know, and then where things come from or where, where the, the pain manifests or where the, the maybe the injury shows up is not actually where, where it was caused. And so, so yeah, you know, whether it's, it's upper back, whether it's lower back, whether it's core, whether it's hips and glutes, um, I just feel like as so many of the common running issues, injuries, maladies, niggles, whatever you want to call it, um, could it be prevented or at least minimized um, by maybe, you know, working on some of these postural things, some of these joint mobility things, that are easy to, to dismiss until it's too late. And then it's like, Oh shoot, why haven't I been doing this for the last five years? Well, you know, it, it wasn't a problem then, but it's been, it's been maybe building to that point. Um, and yeah, working on some of the back, some of the posture stuff, some of the hips, it's just, 
you know, easy for me to say, not always easy for me to do. I'll admit that, but that's an area where I think a lot of us would benefit from, from working. And I'm glad to hear that you're kind of instilling some of that with, with your newer runners, and hopefully they maybe can uh, not have some of these same issues that some of us have had years later. I hope so. I hope, yeah, I hope they yeah, learn a lot from the get-go and they can pass that information on to their friends and their kids. And um, actually, yeah, that makes me think too. A lot of people in Under Run um, end up doing it with their kids to set a yeah. positive example for their kids. Um, but but also, yeah, that could be from, you know, the strength and mobility side and just general health and fitness. So um, I, I thought that was really cool to hear. Yeah. Well, good deal. Good deal. As we're, as we're wrapping up, Mark, and, and I feel like we could probably keep going, but I think we're also kind of at a pretty good spot. Like things are kind of at a, at a good spot to wrap things up. Um, got, got to give you a philosophical question. Can't let you out the door without something a little <laughs> bit more open-ended, uh, very much like the introductory question and we'll, we'll take it where, wherever it goes and that's where we'll wrap it up. But, um, you know, at, at this point in your, in your running journey, which has been, which has been a minute, you know, from, from the, the, the youth days and, and running, you know, all the different sports and up through college running and, and obviously, um, you know, making it part, a big part, the part of your professional life at this point. Um, why do you still do it? Why is running still such an important part of your life to where not only is it something that you do for fun, is it something that you do for exercise, but now something that is very much, you know, the, the thing that you're doing professionally. Why is running such a, you know, why, why do you continue to run? Why is running such an important part of your life? Good question. A lot of it, I think, comes down to it's part of my identity, mm. which they say when you're trying to build a habit, you know, you've got a strong habit when you've, that habit becomes part of your identity. So it's kind of who I am, what I do. Um, as I said, I do a lot of road biking now as well as as running, but yeah, it's part of my identity. So when I don't do it, I don't feel right. And sometimes I, you know, I think other people get this too. If I, if I don't do it or I haven't done it for a few days, uh, I'll beat myself up about it. So, um, I know I need to get back at it. Um, so yeah, it's part of my identity. I also like, uh, setting the positive example for my kids, both my boys, right? Actually, I just got back from, they had cross country practice this morning before school. Um, so I love that they're getting into running and doing track and field. So, um, I like to set an example for my boys. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that would be the main aspect is the fact that it's, it's just, it's just part of who I am. It's what I do. <laughs> no, I, I totally, uh, totally agree. I'm sitting here nodding my head going, yep, that, that all makes sense to me. And I'm, I'm sure there's a few folks listening that, that makes sense to them as well. So, uh, certainly, you know, encourage you to, to obviously not only keep on keeping on for yourself, but keep on keeping on for the, the community that you're building and you're growing and, and the runners that are coming to the sport, um, through none to run. Uh, I think it's, I think it's awesome. And, and like I said earlier, if there's anything we can do to help spread the word or, or, you know, even let people know when that Android app comes out, we'll do it. We'll do it. Whatever we can do to help out. Uh, happy to spread the <laughs> thank word. But. You, thank you. And thanks to you for all, you know, your dedication and all the resources you put out there for, um, for the runners, um, at all different levels. So, um, Anyways, well done to you. I appreciate that, Mark. And, and y'all listening, check it out, nuntorun.com. And again, if you've got folks in your life that might be interested, maybe kicking tires on couch to 5K, maybe point them to Nun to Run as well. Maybe that, that would be a better fit for them. On Instagram, it's at Nun to Run. And again, that's two, the letter T-O, not not the number, uh, not not T-W-O, not T-O-O, Nun to Run. Uh, dot com none to run on instagram mark l kennedy on twitter disruns.com slash 1090 disruns.com slash 1090 links photos the whole nine as per usual so mark uh thanks again for all you're doing for the community uh, i appreciate it thanks for the time this morning and certainly wish you nothing but the best both professionally and personally going forward 
Thanks, Danny. Love talking to you. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Mark and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, little uh, takeaway du jour? Du jour. Um, for me, as as is always almost always the case, I feel like I say this most most times, multiple things. But but the one that really stood out to me was when Mark was talking about, especially with with the new new folks getting into the sport. Um, really focusing on small wins and like trying to to make some of those wins as seemingly maybe to us basic as as possible. Run for twenty seconds, run for thirty seconds, whatever that whatever it might be. Um, but to you know to some of us that have been running for a decade, you know, like running for thirty seconds doesn't seem like a big deal. But if you remember back to a decade ago when you first started running, um. I mean, it, it may have been a big deal for run for 30 seconds. It may have been more than you could handle at that time. And just making those, those wins so, so again, I don't, I don't want to diminish them by saying small, but like so, something that, that even somebody brand new can wrap their head around. Even if they can't quite get to 30 seconds yet, they're like, I, I know I can get there. Having those wins smaller, atta- more attainable, allows anybody allows people to, to build up some momentum and use that to carry them to hopefully bigger and better things. However, we wanted to find bigger and better in the sport of running. And the reason that stood out to me is, A, I love it. I mean, the, the psychology piece of it that I don't understand psychology too well. Let's not kid ourselves. But I, I do know there is something there about feeling like you're being successful, feeling like you're making some progress. And that leads to, you know, it, it helps prevent you from being discouraged, but also leads to, again, bigger and better things. But for myself, I think that at least as far as my running goes, I've kind of lost track of the let's have some small wins. You know, I've got my big goals, my Boston goal, my 50 states goal. Um, you know, I've got, I've got some other, other goals that I've kept closer to the vest, some time goals, things like that. Um, but for the most part, most of my goals are pretty out there as far as time frames. You know, some of my goals, my, my annual goals, um, but I don't have them necessarily broken down into what do, what defines success per per month, per week, maybe per day, um, and and I suppose at some point you could make the argument that that you could break it down too much to to become minutia. But I do think that there are times when maybe I would benefit from having a quarterly goal that maybe is just twenty five percent of an annual goal, but. I have a chance to be successful, you know, if we're talking January to December, I have a chance to be successful at the end of March instead of having to wait until December to be successful. And just, just getting those, those senses of wins, just getting the, that, that little pick me up. Um, you know, and again, for me, at least as far as my running is concerned, I'm pretty good with a, with a long-term goal and working towards it, but probably for the business side of life, you know, there's probably some times where I, we're having some some easy wins, some 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 small obstacles to clear to build some momentum would be helpful. Maybe with writing a book. Hey, hey, maybe with writing a book, maybe with some of the other things that I've been simmering on on the back burner for months and years that I haven't figured out how to get started yet because the project seems so big. Maybe break it down. Maybe something that I should do. You know, these these takeaways a lot of times. Um, they plant the seeds, but sometimes you gotta, you gotta take the action. And this, this is definitely one of those for me. 
um, just remembering the value of small wins and how that can lead to bigger things. You know, how one run doesn't matter that much in the grand scheme of things, but it takes you to the next one and the next one and the next one. Shoot, the thing I have on my arm, take the next step. Small wins, baby, small wins. Anyway, my head is my head was spinning when we talked, and now it's now that I'm working through it myself here, it's like I'm 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 putting myself on blast. Gotta start doing some of this stuff. Gotta take these, set myself up for some small wins and see how that moves me forward. And that's that's why I love these takeaways. At least why I love doing them. Whether y'all share your takeaways with me or not, as I work through these, sometimes I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's definitely the case for me today. What about you? What's got you going? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe what I just said, maybe something that Mark said at a different part of the conversation. One way or the other, if you're willing to share it, I'd love to hear it. If you want to keep it close to the vest, hey, that's totally cool too. But if you want me want to let me in on your takeaway from today, at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram. Of course, you can tag me and post there, slide into the DMs, whatever works better for you. You can also shoot me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for today, Dizruns.com slash 1090, Dizruns.com slash 1090. We've got some photos. We've got some links, of course. Down at the bottom, we got that comment section. Feel free to blow it up. Type to your heart's content. Share all your takeaways. Work yourself through your thoughts till you get to that point where you're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like me with these small wins. Goodness. Love it. Love it. Anyway, thanks for for listening today. Y'all, if you haven't checked out YNAB, what are you waiting for? I mean, it's it's free. It's it's relatively easy. And in fact, I think that the onboarding process has gotten easier since I got started. It was a little tricky a few years ago. Managed through it. So glad I did. Check it out for a free 34 days and and an extra month if you decide to go forward disruns.com slash YNAB. If you have any questions on it, I'm happy to try to help, but they really do have a good support team. Um, and I'm not part of the team. So this is just, this is just my experience, uh, but a pretty good onboarding process with videos and how to's and answer your questions and all those types of things. Um, and it might just be worth it. It might just be way worth it. Um, maybe not, you know, your call, but check out, you need a budget at disruns.com slash YNAB to get that extra month. If you just go through the YNAB website, You'll get the first 34 days, but then you'll only get 12, 12 months when you get your subscription. Go through my link. You'll get 13 months for the price of 12. Who doesn't love a deal like that? Dizruns.com slash YNAB. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Mark and I with you today. And until next time, y'all be well. Take good care. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later, y'all.